Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebaker. I was so glad for the opportunity of speaking with Stacy and Terry about life with twin girls, Sydney and Logan, who have Cree de Chat syndrome. I'd never met anyone with that syndrome before. It's relatively rare and occurs one in 20,000 to 50,000 people. Terry explains the diagnosis. The right arm of the fifth chromosome is missing. Isn't that right? I think I got it right. It's been so many years. That's it. And there's rings. There's rings around each chromosome and there's a few rings missing from the right arm of the fifth chromosome at each girl's and that's what causes the Cree du Chat. Different variants, each ring does something in the body and then it's all throughout the body. What it usually is, is low muscle tone, for sure, and mentally, they're delayed. Stacy tells about their family of four daughters and what their typical day-to-day routine is like. They would go to school and went through age 21 and now they're home except for some special programs they do get to go on outings and things like that with different people and organization one right now being the rice corporation that they really really enjoy and then they're just home with me and we run around and go to the store and watch tv and logan over here by her dad plays on the computer quite a lot surfs the computer And then Sydney, right next to me, loves being a mermaid and spends many, many hours in the bathtub as long as I keep heating it up. Stacy and Terry remember finding out about the diagnosis and each of their paths to working through their grief until they found acceptance. When they were born, I was in between jobs and we were in that six month waiting period for the pregnancy, so we didn't have an ultrasound. Expecting an eight-pound baby, Sydney came out at about three pounds first, and the midwife said, "What a peanut!" And put the heart monitor back on Stacy's belly and said, "Another heartbeat. There's another baby in there." So then the five-pound Logan came out. So there was eight pounds, but just in two packages that we didn't know about. So we didn't know for a year until they were slowly developing. And our family physician sent us to OHSU, Oregon Health Sciences University, at the University of Oregon in Eugene. And that's when we found out. We were in shock. We had no idea. We weren't prefaced at all. And he just said, well, your daughters are retarded because my mom was still alive then and all our mouths dropped and we didn't know how to react. It took me a little longer to accept it. I think Stacy did being mom. I remember her telling me, you know, look, they're still Sydney and Logan. They haven't changed. It's just how we're looking at them is what's changed. And I've never forgotten that. But it took me a little bit longer. She had just snapped out of it pretty quickly. It took me a little bit longer to do that. They were three weeks early, so we heard about premature children, so we just thought, well, they're behind. And then our doctor said, you know, I want you to have them checked out because their heads were measuring smaller. And so then we took them in and did a blood test. That's what did it for us. And then when he told us, he said, it's not Down syndrome, but it's like that. It's a syndrome. I remember <laughs> looking at them and thinking, there can't be anything wrong with them, which now it's there was nothing wrong with them. It was just my thinking. My goodness, I'm going to call you Barbara yeah. Walters. Anyway, we were just in shock, you know, we'd made all these plans and so I can only relate it to possibly like a death because it was a death of a dream that you had made for their life, especially being twins. We'd heard all these stories, you know, about twins doing this and that. And we get very emotional about our girls. Yeah, it took a while. 
like I said, it was like a death to a dream of what we had pictured for them. We just didn't know the future. And all we knew was that mental retardation was not quite the thing you'd want for your children. You know, maybe they'd have a hard time in life or they'd be mocked or scorned or, you know, all these things come up. And that's in the beginning. You just don't know. And it's very, very scary because these are your babies. Stacy loves to talk about her daughter's fun personalities and their likes. In our cases, they like everything of non-delayed childhood because it's Sydney and Logan who have a disability that's visible. I think we all have disabilities, but they don't show up. Theirs is just visible. They love people. They love us. They love to watch TV. They like food. They like to go to the park. They love being around their other friends. People with this disabilities in general, they can tell. They know we call them their kindred spirits, like special Olympics and things like that. They love going to that. It just thrills them. They're not keen on participating, but they just love to watch and being around their peers. Terry shares with us what really helped him overcome his grief and to get to a more productive space regarding his daughter's lives. Well, it probably took me a couple of years, but we're Christians. I think our Christian faith is how you get through it. God doesn't make mistakes. They needed us. They needed their dad. They needed their mom. And once you realize that, okay, time to move on. Nevertheless, personal journeys are always different. Stacy shares hers. They're a blessing. Well, they were a blessing from the beginning because they're my children. So I just had to adjust to the thought, you know, that they might have a different path than I had expected for them, that I was walking their path. They weren't walking mine. And now they're Sydney and Logan. And actually, they are more easily to raise than my two other daughters <laughs> who are non-delayed. The couple offers their guidance on what anyone may need to know in dealing with the diagnosis of Krita Shah. Read all the information you can, although it might not all be pertaining to your child because everybody's on a spectrum, so to speak. But at least it gives you some control. But treat your child like you don't know anything's different or whatever. Just love them the way they are. Vulnerability? Stacy admits that she was concerned about how her girls would be treated by society and at school. She shares what that was like. When they were in school, my concern was watching other children look at them and maybe mistreating them. That was a huge concern of mine. It consumed me sometimes, you know, I didn't want anybody mistreating my daughters because their classrooms were in a regular ed school. But you find it's really good for the kids in the school for their classroom to be in there and to be around them. It does help them, I believe, longer in life and the outcome for them people to be more considerate and sincere and for to get peer tutors. It's just scary. You just don't want your children to be hurt and maybe some things they don't even understand, which is fine. Raising children with special needs come with bright joys, but also challenges. Terry shares his difficulties and points to some of the greatest joys that have touched him. Mainly leaving together. Now we have older sister Bree, who's also a guardian in case something happens with us. She's mama hen as well, very protective of them. But I think I said in the last couple of months to Stacy, I said, you know, we just can't even, she and I go for a walk. One of us has to be here. Somebody has to be here. You know, that's just something that I hear of other people. Well, can't you just come? Can't you just come over and visit? Well, they'll have a meltdown potentially. 
if there's a lot of people. We had to quit going to church just because of that, because we'd be there five minutes and have to leave. You know, you just have to adjust. I mean, other people have other problems. This is just what we have to deal with, and it's okay. And they're worth it. I wouldn't give up anything. Coming home, and when I travel a lot, Cindy and Logan just, Dad, at my age, I still get that. I'm pretty lucky. That's pretty cool, you know, because usually they grow up and leave. And then during the day, I'm sitting back and Stacy's kind of created a man cave back there for me to watch my sports and do what I do back there. And Sydney especially, but both of them, they'll come back, I don't know how many times a day, 20, 30 times a day, just to make sure I'm there. And just to say hi and then come back, I might get 20 hugs a day from especially Sydney. You know, that's pretty cool. Stacy offers her point of view of the challenges and joys in this journey for her. I don't view anything maybe as a challenge or a chore. You know, this is my life. These are my kids. Maybe the only thing that I would like to have different would be able to spend a little bit more time with my two daughters individually and my husband. Just a little, you know, because I really have to make sure they're taken care of. But, you know, that's not a problem. That'd be the only thing. Is just have a little bit more freedom just to get up and go and do this and that. But, you know, it's no biggie. I love them very, very much, and I can't imagine my life without them, and they love their mommy. The couple talks about the impact Sydney and Logan have had on their other two children. Well, for Bree, over there crying along with mommy right now, <laughs> and she loves him so much too. And then younger sister, Trevi, whose personality is a little bit different. You used to wonder when she was two or three, why did they have to live with us? To now, she loves them just as much that she's 27 and you have compassion. You just grow up with a compassion. And I'm glad my kids have done that. They're sisters. And then Bree as our nine-year-old grandson and the compassion that he has grown up with for his aunts. I remember saying one time about people might look at them funny or being mean to them. He just looked at me like, Bobby, why would they be mean to them? So that's, you know, back to your question before with in your daughter and I think the younger generation that's coming up, it's not going to be a problem for them. They have grown up with the integration. They're just different, but they're Sydney and Logan. Thanks for listening to this episode. Orange Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.